Thank you for listening and welcome to the Life Radio Show, a proud member of the SJ Network and Breaking the Fourth Wall Entertainment. I'm your host, Don Smith. This past week, I talked with voice actor JDK. We discuss acting, voice work, theater, and wang. We also go over the intricacies of Iron Crotch Kung Fu. If you enjoy the show, like and follow The Life 1069 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter, or tune in live on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM, or you can stream the show live at WWSU1069.org. The brutal presence overwhelms me. The brutal presence this podcast is part of the sj network go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist steve joiner all right hey welcome to the life radio show i'm your host don smith we are uh, we're doing something tonight we're doing another show just just when you thought we were done here we are doing another one because that's uh, that's what we do if we stopped we wouldn't I don't know. I, I went off track somewhere. Uh, my guest has already zoomed in with me. Uh, JDK, voice actor. What's happening, sir? How you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You, you started right off with the voice. The <laughs> <laughs> one I've got. <laughs> the one I came in with. Yeah, well, it, it seemed a little different in that in that intro because we we talked for a little bit before the show, and then it just it you just you put in voice actor mode on there. I could give you any voice you want. It really doesn't matter. Perfect, perfect. Uh, probably not the whole interview in that one, though. That would drive me crazy, too. <laughs> so <laughs> how, how did you get started as a voice actor? Say that again, please. Uh, how did you get started as a voice actor? You know, I've been doing silly voices since I was in high school, years and years ago. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a big theater guy, and voice, voice acting has always been something that appealed to me. Hmm. Uh, when I was in, when I was a kid, my brother actually wrote a letter to my high school guidance counselor and said, please, when the next theater opportunity comes up, you know, let my brother know. Cause I, he's driving me crazy at home. <laughs> so you, you, you've, you've always been into the theater. I, I really have. I've been, you know, Excellent. I've, I started out in live theater, you know, as a teenager. And then I started doing bits and things in television and movies. And then I went on to amusement parks. And what, once I once I got married and got a, a a family, I realized you know I love to perform, but I need to be home. <laughs> so yeah. that's really really took voice acting to heart. Yeah, because that, that's what that's one of those things you can you can do from home. So so it's like COVID doesn't exist for you. <laughs> Not really, actually, COVID's been in, in a small way a little blessing. Yeah. I, 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 I would imagine you're still able to find work doing that. That's probably there's probably a little bit less because there's not as many people making movies. But I would imagine voice work is still pretty decent. Well, there are a lot of different genres of voice work, and oh, yeah. some areas have increased dramatically during COVID. Other areas, like filmmaking, as you described, you know, they've gone down a little bit. But for example, I've still been able to do some voice work. Um, for foreign films dubbing, you know, American English. So I've I've been pretty successful with that this year. Nice, nice. So you are you you responsible for any of the 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 poor dubbing where it doesn't match anything and then just like the old uh, kung fu movies? <laughs> I, uh, I hope not. But actually, I've worked with some engineers that are staggeringly talented recently, and. They uh, no, they make sure it fits, it matches, it syncs, and it sounds great. I, I've been really, really fortunate. Nice, is it? I always liked the old uh, uh, kung fu movies that were that were dubbed that way, just as the humor of it. But yeah, it, it helps. It helps when their <laughs> when their mouths match the words. I love that stuff. I grew up on Godzilla and all of his buddies, so I saw. I, you know, I watched a lot of that when I was young. Yeah. So, uh, what are what are some of your favorite projects you worked on? Wow, I've worked on so much. I used to, um, unfortunately, before COVID and before um, some rules changed for uh, YouTube, I worked on a channel named um, it was called Cars Toys Movies, um, <laughs> put on by a company called No Toys Left Behind, 
and they did um, all cars, you know, like vignettes. They did their own, they created little 3D animations and claymation and even Legomation, uh, you know, stories from the Cars universe. Cars meaning Pixar, Disney, Cars. Right. So a number of voices with them, and I had a great time. I did Mater for them, and I did, um, Mater was my regular character, but I would do uh, uh, Ramon and Luigi and... Uh, Gosh, I did a couple of others. I can't recall right now, but I missed that. Unfortunately, yeah. I changed the way that they monetized and changed the way that they uh, they structured their. Um, I don't know. The, the, I don't know because I've never done. I've never had a YouTube channel, but unfortunately, that stopped last yeah, year. Yeah, I know. I know YouTube made it a lot tougher to monetize anything. Yeah, and I, I know they put a lot of people out of business. Yeah. Well, yeah, there, there for a while, there were a lot of these streaming companies that were dropping a lot of independent filmmakers. And then, of course, YouTube changed all their rules and you have to have some ungodly number of of followers. And it, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely getting it's getting tougher for the smaller guy to make it make a buck. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? It's not even not even that easy for the bigger guy. I mean, look what just happened to That's uh, true. Yeah. Quibi. You know what Quibi is? Huh. Oh, Quibi was a streaming service. Uh, Jeff Katzenberg put, uh, was it a billion dollars into it? And it lasted just a, a short, well, six months or something. Wow. Videos that would, they would do, uh, you know, 10 minute segments of a series and you'd have to, you know, watch them in 10 minutes. And it was just phone centric and, uh, he got a lot of investors, but unfortunately it didn't survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of that. A lot of them dropping off. I think the bigger ones just come through, and they uh, Hulu and uh, what what are some of the Netflix? It's kind of hard to compete with those guys, I would imagine. Plus, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and Disney Plus, which is newer now, but uh, that's still that's still got it. When you get the ones that have such a huge backing, anyway, it's really. Makes it difficult, but what uh, you, you said there were several different areas of voice work. What's uh, what do you primarily do? Is there is there any one that you prefer over the other genres? Like a, a lot of people in the industry, I love to do character work. I love to do voices, as you could probably tell. Um, lately, this year, I've found myself doing a lot of uh, what's what is now known as localization. Um, hmm. That that's a term I believe that was coined by Netflix. And basically what that is, is dubbing foreign language properties into English. And I've done a couple of uh, really sweet projects for Netflix this year. Do you have, do you have any that are, that are out that you want to, that you want to talk about advertise? Um, One I'm extremely proud of, uh, proud to be a part of is a a film called the platform. Uh, It is, well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really well versed in uh, describing the sociopolitic ramifications, but uh, <laughs> I got to play one of the two main characters in that film, and it has won numerous uh, awards. The original Spanish has won numerous awards and accolades in the uh, in the in the independent film circuit, and it's been on Netflix for a while now. That's called the Platform. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit gruesome. So, uh, you know, you got to be careful if, if you know what you're getting into. Uh, it's really gruesome, but it's an excellent, excellent film. Well, I'll have to check that out. Oh, yeah. Then I did another one, a very timely uh, piece, um, a little series called To the Lake. And it's a Russian um, TV series, sort of an outbreak-related series very timely for right now yeah part of the first season uh don't know if i'll be back for the second if there will be a second but i'll tell you it it was a really beautifully done series and uh i'd love to do more if you know if more become available yeah and that that was originally in russian yeah so did you do the the character with a russian accent no i wanted to (laughs) (laughs) would have made sense (laughs) We all did our American accents, and Russian is something I do pretty well. I, I did uh, some work for PUBG, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, 
I did a number <laughs> for them. I played their character known as the Russian. Uh, and my grandparents are Russian, so I have that Russian heritage. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You'd just, you'd just, just be able to whip out a Russian accent. <laughs> See, I, I used to be able to do so many accents. I'm just, I haven't practiced them in so long. I can't do them much anymore. It's something that you must be used to doing if you do it regularly. Exactly, exactly. I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try to compete. <laughs> well, I heard the accent around the house for years, so... <laughs> Now, I, I've been I've been thrown in the movies where my director has told me that he wants an accent on this this one, <laughs> and it's it's kind of tricky because it's like I have not practiced any of this script in that, but let's let's give it a shot. <laughs> he said, "Hey, do that." That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that, I've I've done a Russian accent for him a couple times, I think, and I I I hope I pulled it off, but you know. Well, in voiceover, usually, not always, but we very often have the script a few minutes in advance to be able to work on whatever it is. If, if it's a Russian accent or any type of an accent, you tend to know what you're getting into. But also, right now in the climate, the way it is, a lot of, of uh, regionalisms, nationalities, uh, races are uh, casting specific to their you know to their right. type a Russian would be hired for a russian and an african-american would be hired for an african-american it's a, it's a quantum shift overall oh yeah which it, it kind of makes sense <laughs> <laughs> but it, the, the the all the people that do all the accents are, are losing work that way well you know it's it's uh, it's a little tricky uh-huh. it's a you know you just gotta know what you're doing and you gotta you know just gotta keep you know plugging away i think Many times, uh, a lot of voice actors have heard that your job is auditioning. You get the job, you get booked, that's great. But the real job is finding the work and auditioning for the work. Hmm. So, yeah, when things have changed, you just need to, uh, you need to shift. You need to, uh, or as uh, uh, Ross in Friends would say, pivot! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you mentioned you, you started out in theater. Do you still uh, perform theater every now and then? I have uh, not done a play, a stage play, in a few years. Last one I did was in Long Beach, California, quite a few years ago. Um, yeah, a little. It's been it's been quite a while. I focus mostly on voice acting, and uh, I've done a little stand up as well, which is fun. Oh, okay. End up out there. Uh, at least one video that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> love that there's nothing there uh, there's nothing like a live audience period no matter what you're doing yeah absolutely i've, I've done a lot of things in the past i have i've sung with an internationally successful barbershop chorus the masters of harmony huh. <laughs> I've, I've worked for a number of amusement parks um as a performer and also you know as a grunt because <laughs> you always start out somewhere oh yeah yeah, I performed for uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain in California and Universal Studios Florida. I worked there for about a year and a half, helped them open the place. And uh, I was even the Calico, I, was, I even played the bartender in the Calico Saloon Can Can Show at Knott's Berry Farm in the past, where I got to dance the Can Can in a pink tutu with the other Can Can dancers. Well, that's just lovely. <laughs> You know what? I discovered that I could do the splits on that show. I uh, during the auditions, it just came up, and I just did it. And then I did it six shows a day for months and months and months. Oh, that's yeah. Usually, when somebody says they discovered they could do the splits, it, it happens by accident the first oh, yeah. time. <laughs> it happened on purpose, not that first time. It was just a, it was in the direction, and you know the adrenaline's pumping. So uh, I went out there, and it, it came up, and I did it. Now I did, the, <laughs> I did the man version though with the one knee bent, but I did it all the way to the floor. I have photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've never even I I don't think I've ever even attempted to do that. I just I, bad I, things would happen. Now, <laughs> but I did it then. <laughs> See, but I, I started off in theater in my in my mid twenties because I never really had any interest in 
in in any of that until my mid twenties hit, and I just decided to go and audition for one. So I, that's how I got into comedy and all this stuff. As I started out in live theater, and there is, like you said, there is nothing like a live audience. And these days, it's hard to find anything like a live audience. Yeah, nowadays, not right now, anyway. But I, I'm looking forward to the days those come back. Oh yeah, well, that's what uh, I had. I haven't done a. I haven't done theater for uh, probably about about nine or 10 years. And I really miss it. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's comedy kind of filled that void, but I still miss theater beginning of this year. I decided I was going to take a break from comedy and I was going to do at least, at least one or two plays this year. And as soon as I took the break from comedy, COVID hit and everything shut down. So it's like, well, I guess that was a bad decision. (laughs) That's a great point you make. I mean, I just before COVID hit, I started reaching out to local theaters in my area, getting on their mailing lists, looking at their offerings, and then boom, nothing. Oh, so it was both of us. It was both of us taking to take wanting to get back into theater. That I, I love theater. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. There's there's nothing quite like it. I tried to direct one time. I did. I directed one play one time, but it was a a one night only performance. And that night I was somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) I cast apparently did fine, but I was, uh, I was actually live announcing a little rock and roll show pretending to be a DJ of my own. Oh, so so you directed, but you weren't there for the actual show. Nope. That's nice. (laughs) Well, doing my own thing, but it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun. It's a lot of work. A lot of times, you know, you don't really realize that unless you're doing it. And uh, it was a lot of work. I, I'm a performer at heart anyway, so I don't want to direct. Yeah, I, I have never tried directing. I don't know if I would have the patience for it. <laughs> I can understand that. It, took, it takes a lot of patience. Yeah, so I, I think the best way it's ever been described to me is it's kind of like herding cats. <laughs> you know, because no, everybody wants to go their own direction. Nobody wants to pay. Yeah, it's a uh, great observation. I, I, I would probably, <laughs> I would probably lose friends if I if I directed. Which uh, you know, that's that's a good possibility anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, I haven't. I haven't had that much experience at it. So uh, yeah, but I can I can relate. It wasn't that uh, I don't recall. I don't remember it being that difficult. But on the you know on the flip side, I only did it the one time. So <laughs> see my 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 luck. I would have to direct somebody like me that's going to do what he wants. Because I that was <laughs> I did that in a show once. There there was some part I there was something I added in. I did it the way I wanted to do it. That I thought was a funnier way than what the director wanted. And. <laughs> I finally told them they, they got mad at me enough to where I, I told them, I said, okay, I will do it exactly the way you want. And as I walked away, I said, in rehearsals <laughs> and opening night, I did it my way and it got a hell of a laugh. So we kept it that way. <laughs> so, yeah. for some years when I was young and uh, that, that, that's an experience. So yeah, I love bringing that improvisation to live performance i've I've, you've had you have to if you're doing a stage play sometimes you absolutely have to be able to improv your way out of a situation oh yeah yeah you gotta you gotta be able to think fairly quickly oh yeah yeah there was one of one of my favorite shows i ever did i was part of the uh, the three-man cast for uh the complete works of william shakespeare abridged (laughs) which was so fun to do but I was I was the guy that got left on stage by himself when the other two ran off, and I had to entertain the audience with nothing. Which that was that was ended up being a lot of fun. But yeah, you really have to <laughs> you you really that's that's one you have to be on your toes for. I had to learn that script better than any show I've ever done because you can go way off book. And way off on a tan- tangent playing with the audience, but then you have to get right back where you were. Yeah, I completely understand that. I completely relate to that. Um, I was doing a play called The Last Night of Ballyhoo hmm. by 
um, oh, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Um, the same, the same guy who wrote um, Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, okay. uh, there was a scene. I was an uncle of a couple of young ladies, and there's a scene where I come downstairs in the dark, um, wearing my bathrobe, and I'm I'm eating chicken off of a plate. And um, my granddaughter is laying across the, the sofa. She's had a rough evening. She's upset. And I come down and we have this little, you know, this little talk. Well, one evening I came downstairs and knocked a piece of chicken off of my plate and it hit the stage. Well, the chicken that I had was made of foam rubber. <laughs> so this piece of chicken went bouncing downstage towards the audience. Bong, bong, bong. <laughs> and the audience could see. That it was not real chicken because real chicken just doesn't bounce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Unless it's way overcooked. Exactly. So, well, you know, what are you going to do? You have to improvise your way out of it. So I walk down the stairs. I pick up the chicken. It, it, it was a leg because I guess they're easier to cut into shape. So I blew on it. I wiped it on the lapel of my robe. And then I turned to my granddaughter or my niece or whatever the character. And I said, uh, you want some chicken? And the audience just roared. They were with me all the way. <laughs> a somber scene. You know, you can't hide something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, you know, you got to play to it. And the audience loved it. And then we actually got to the scene. I sat down on the couch and the scene went swimmingly. It went great. But we, but first, rubber chicken. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah some, some needed to be a tension breaker. That was There's nothing you could do. You can't. Yeah. People are not. You have to treat people like they're you know, intelligent human beings, and they're watching. And you know, you can't hide something like that. If it were a real piece of chicken, it would have went to the floor and just thud, and there it would have been. And I would have looked like a fool. <laughs> but wow. they, the way it ended up being played, the audience totally got on board and they had great fun with it and yeah like you said it was a tension breaker it broke the moment and then yeah. we had a somber scene in it i think the audience might have been just a little bit more in our corner because of it yeah yeah sometimes that works out that way one, one of the first one of the first plays i ever did was uh it's called epic proportions it was done at dayton theater guild and uh which is a very small intimate horseshoe theater and I mean, the audience is basically, they're like real close to being on stage. <laughs> yep. And uh, during a sword fight scene, they had these pla cheap plastic swords. Well, one of them accidentally got knocked out of one of the actor's hands and somebody in the second row in the audience caught it. Oh no. <laughs> and was just, <laughs> was just holding it. And they, then the guy's like, hold on. And he walks over, he grabs, he's like, I need that. And just went right back into the oh. sword fight. <laughs> so, yeah, you just got to do what you got to do. Last show I did was a show called Smoke and Mirrors. And we did it in the round, uh, three quarters, like you like you just described. Yeah. And uh, I played a, a, a film producer or film director. But there's a scene where I'm supposed to pull out a, guy, a gun and shoot someone. Except that I... We had two guns in a box, and it was very tricky. The the the, the, uh, the what led up to the the gunshot, and one night I pulled the wrong gun, the one that was not loaded. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, at the right time, I pointed it at the actor, and uh, click, and the actor just reacted like he'd been shot anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and we just played it like I really shot him. And the audience had to. They had to have. I mean, they're right on top of us. But <laughs> nobody ever said anything to us. It just we just played through it. Yep, suspension of disbelief. They just assumed you had a silencer. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't think they reviewed the play that night. Thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've I've done some gun wrangling for because that, that's one of the things with theater. Anytime you use guns in theater, you have these blank pistols that are not well cared for. They're not clean. They're not taken care of very well, and they're extremely unreliable. Well, I uh, I got when I got involved with Dayton Theater Guild, there was a show they needed. Uh, well, it was one of the shows I was in. They needed a couple of firearms that could actually be shot, and uh, I'm 
I'm a gun guy. So I told him, I was like, well, I have some ideas because I saw the blank pistol they were going to use. And uh, I, I took it up a notch. I actually, <laughs> I made sure that nobody touched these things but me until they went on stage for the actual actor to use. And I did, I had a, a little 22 revolver that had blanks in it. Not it, it was not an actual, it was not a blank pistol. And that's why I made sure I was the only one that ever touched them. They were under lock and key until they went on stage. And the other one was an old double barrel shotgun. Oh boy. That I made my own blanks for it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, <laughs> <And> that's... <laughs> they worked perfectly. There was never a misfire, never a mishap. Everything went perfectly with those. Glad so, to yeah, yeah, because I I mean I, I <laughs> that's why nobody touched them but me. <laughs> Good. Smart. Good news. Yes. Because, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I, I'd hate for somebody to be taken out by one of my <laughs> one of my guns that we're using in a play. It's like, yeah, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> but, yeah, we, I've, I've had my share of injuries on stage, though. <laughs> we, were, we were talking, of the, somebody I was talking with, we were discussing on stage in, injuries and having to go through. I sliced through my finger once with what was supposed to be a prop knife. And it was a real knife. <laughs> and I, I, that was at the beginning of the scene. And I went through the rest of the scene, just clenching my hand. There was blood dripping on the stage. It was, yeah, it's dedication, I guess. Yeah. The most bloody event I've ever experienced on stage not was not personal. Uh, we did our snicking old lace, and there's a scene where a character has to fall into a window seat in the dark. A window seat, you know what a window seat is, right? Mm -hmm. Well, um, the actor stumbles around in the dark, and of course, our set is you know built with two by fours and right. solid. The actor falls into it in the dark and comes out. Apparently, he'd hit his head on a two by four or something solid, and just cracked his head open bleeding and came out of it trying to do the scene and he's <laughs> all over the stage and he's losing his mind the poor guy and of course you know we had to stop the show and get this guy to a hospital right well i've never personally had to had the worst injury i ever got on stage i did permanently injure my back and it was, it was something stupid i was doing uh lend me a tenor i was playing tito Medelli, the world's greatest so uh, my character, he thinks his wife leaves him, and he's and he's threatening suicide. Oh, I'm gonna kill! I don't want to live. I want to kill myself. And uh, he's laying down on a bed, and he's uh, his assistant for the day comes and tries to rouse him up because he's got to get on stage. He's performing Othello, so there's a lot of back and forth. I'm laying across a bed, and this guy is upstage of me, leaning over me. You know, and we do the back and forth. He's pulling me up. I'm laying back down. He's pulling me up. I'm laying back down. And one night we were so full of energy. Mm. I grabbed this guy, this actor who was upstage of me. I lifted him up and over my head and threw him on the floor on the opposite side of the bed. <laughs> okay, you just do superhuman things when your adrenaline is pumping. I oh, yeah. He wasn't big, but I would have never been able to do that in normal life. And uh, so ever since then, I've had, I've had chronic back problems. <laughs> this was like in the 80s. And I've had chronic back problems ever since. But yeah, I have a story to tell. Hey, bum bum. <laughs> you have a story to, story to tell in interview shows. That's all that matters. <laughs> so, totally worth it. I had, uh, yeah, exactly. I love it. Not being able to walk across the room some days because, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I threw a guy once. <laughs> but but yeah, that that adrenaline when you're up there sometimes it can overtake you. I did a uh, I was Owen Musser in a play called The Foreigner. Oh yeah, I know the Foreigner. Which I I loved being the bad guy, and Owen was such a jerk. <laughs> and there was one the one scene where uh, as I walked past the one guy to walk off stage, I would bump into him. And uh, that one night, I was fired up, and I about knocked him over the back of the couch. <laughs> you know, you never know what's going to happen, because we got off stage. He's like, dude, are you mad at me? I was like, no, why? <laughs> yeah, I love a live performance. 
that same show. Uh, there's a scene just before that where uh, I run into the kitchen because I'm going to kill myself, and I'm you know grabbing knives and forks and silverware and ridiculous stuff. And we come running, I come running out of the kitchen, and he's trailing right behind me, and I and I'm throwing stuff over my head, literally behind me. And that night we did it with abandon, so I'm throwing knives, real knives and forks, and uh, I threw a full bottle of champagne up and over my head. And this guy was right on top of it. Thank goodness he caught absolutely everything. Nice. <laughs> normally, we try to, you know, I try to do it a little bit, you know, a little bit calm, a little bit controlled. Not that night. Nope. Everything was just going. <laughs> yeah, there was a <laughs> there was a chase scene that I did. It was just running around the couch on uh, Love, Sex, and the IRS. And the scene, the scene before, somebody had broken like one of the sugar glass bottles over somebody's head. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well. I'm running around in stockings because I was playing Leslie Arthur. So I'm dressed as a woman Okay. <laughs> and I'm running around chasing this other, I was being chased by the other guy, uh, my, my roommate. And I hit, I hit a patch of that sugar glass and that's, I, it's just sugar glass, but it will cut through your foot pretty quick. Oh, okay. so there was a bloody footprint on stage for the <laughs> like several of them as I'm running around getting chased uh, by this guy that's going to kill me. Cause <laughs> I've had no experience with that. I, I was thrown through a window once, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't remember there being any actual glass in the window. <laughs> yeah, but so, so many so many great memories of theater that's that's why i miss it so much you get to know you get to know your cast members and you just they become like a family for the time that you're doing that that was the one show uh i ever won an award for i did um noises off are you familiar with that oh one? yeah uh, i haven't i haven't performed in that one but i've i've been to it a couple times for with friends in it in my 30s but i played selsden mowbray uh, who was the 80-year-old British slush. Mm. Uh, you know, is it a party? Is it? Oh, how killing. You know, that, <laughs> that character. And uh, I was literally pulled across the stage by my earlobe with pants around my ankles and thrown <laughs> through a window. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but hey, I won an award for that one, yeah. <laughs> Again, totally worth it. You won an award. <laughs> I still have it somewhere. It's not there in the garage, of course. (laughs) With all the others. I store it with all the others. I'd put them up in here, but there'd be no room to walk. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it for the awards. Yes, that's exactly, exactly. I've I've never acted for the awards, and I have exactly exactly that many. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I love it. I could, yeah, I never acted for the awards, and I consider myself a raging success because I've never gotten one. Hey, <laughs> this is for you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to take a short break. Uh, plays, you know, because the radio station has to make money, I guess. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have more with JDK, and we're going to do some. Uh, we're we're going to discuss some wonderful, wonderful. Uh, news stories and why you shouldn't steal Amazon packages. Uh, you're listening to the Life Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. So a lot of people been been asking me, hey, could you please please explain the current political situation? So here, here, okay. So here's the here's the you got one side. You got the, the hey. We're good people, and we want to do good things, and so we're gonna go do good things. And then and the other side, hey, we're good people. We want to do good things too. And they said, well, but you don't want to do the good things I want to do. Well, yeah, because I think we should do some other good things. Well, if you don't want to do my good things. That I want to do, then you, you're probably uh, you're a bad, bad, you're a bad person. But, but I want, but I want to do good things. And uh, but if you don't want to do the good things I want to do, then then you're you're bad. Per- you you must uh, be a bad person, or you're stu- you're a stupid person. So you're a stupid person or you're a bad person. 
well, I'm, I'm not a bad person or a stupid person. Maybe it's because you, you're, you're a bad, stupid person. Why are you calling me a stupid person? You're a stupid person. Why are you a stupid person? You're a stupid person. And that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. So now, now you know. Okay.
Hey, what's up, guys? It's Chris Fristali of Breaking the Fourth Wall. If you enjoy our show, you can find it on YouTube. Just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment or just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And also, you can find us on all the social medias. Just look for Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And I will catch you on the other side. Hey, this is Don Smith. I want to take a minute to tell you about The Devil's Apple, a new book by my friend William Morris. It's the true and brutally honest story about Bill's own battle with addiction. It was written for those struggling to overcome addiction as well as those watching a loved one struggle. In Bill's own words, you work just as hard to be an addict as you do to be clean and sober. You can find The Devil's Apple on Amazon.com and for a limited time you can get it for free on the Kindle app. Liar! Liar! I'll cut your lying throat for lying! I'm a cow! A big hip, fat, nasty, buttermilk-making cow. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. Uh, almost forgot who I was for a second. You ever have that happen? He's back. No. <laughs> because I have a mirror at my house. Perfect. <laughs> that's, that's what I need to invest in, I guess. Recognize me when I go by. That's the... <laughs> that, I don't always. I've changed so much. I don't even know who I am anymore. That's okay. Anyway, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. We're still on with JDK, uh, voiceover, art, voice artist. Do you prefer voice actor or voice artist? I use the term voice actor, and very often I'll put uh, a bullet between voice and actor because I do both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, we are ready. If you're ready, I'm ready. We're going to discuss some news stories because we got some important things going on, especially today. There's been so many important things happening in the news cycle today. Are we ready? Let's shoot them down. All right. An Ontario woman fed up with package thieves said she left a box of poop on her front porch and it was stolen within 40 minutes. Uh, Lori Pringle of Hamilton said she had several packages disappear from her front porch uh, during the last three years. So she decided to set out a uh, bait package filled with cat poop. I live on a very busy downtown street. My front door pretty much opens out onto the sidewalk. I've had a number of packages stolen in the three years I've lived here. Uh, as a result, I have a very clear label on all my Amazon packages indicating that they should ring at my video doorbell. A couple, a couple of the couriers that Amazon uses almost never read the label, so that results in my packages being stolen fairly, fairly often. Uh, Pringle said the box of poop was stolen within 40 minutes of being set outside. <laughs> Won't they be surprised? That's that is a very clever way to not only teach a thief a lesson but to also clean out your litter box well, first question is did we not did you just say her name was pringle Lori pringle pringle <laughs> well, there's opportunity there. she can leave a can of you know pringles out there right. <laughs> well a, a pringles can filled with cat poop clearly that would be well it'll stack won't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if it's if it's in the litter long enough, it should it should hold together. It should they clump, I guess, is what I've heard. I don't I don't have a cat, so I don't know. I've got a couple I'm, of. Them. <laughs> I'm, I've I've never I've never considered myself an expert in clumpy cat poop. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just guessing, but I've seen it, and I think it probably will stack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put stackable cat poop as a possible episode title for us today. There you go. <laughs> just because <laughs> we might come up with something better, but so far that's, that's the front runner for episode title. That's really, that's really all this show's good for. We come up with episode titles and band names a lot. Band names. That's a good one too. Stackable. Yeah. Yeah. Stackable cat poop. That's, that's a good punk band. <laughs> but yeah, that that's we should all take a lesson from from this Ontario woman and uh empty our litter boxes into an Amazon package and uh <laughs> I, I I've never had a package stolen off my porch. I want to go ahead and do this anyway. <laughs> just so in case, just if I leave it up there long enough, maybe somebody will come up and get it. <laughs> oh, I've been lucky. I haven't had one stolen either, but we have kind of a methodology in place that I won't go into here. That right. You don't want to give away your secrets. Oh, I'm not going to give away my secrets. But, yeah, <laughs> we've been uh, fortunate. No problems yet. 
Nice. That's that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I I have not either. I have I live in a fairly quiet neighborhood and I've never really had any issues here. So <laughs> Me too. which is nice. When I when I first moved into this neighborhood, I was the only person that lived on this block that was under eighty years old. Oh man. Yeah, so now I'm now I'm the only one over forty, I think. <laughs> That's that's how that happens over the course of you know eighteen years living in the place. I've always enjoyed listening to stories and watching television or films about old folks. All of a sudden, I realize I am one. Like, yes, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how that happens. It just terror it sneaks up on you too. I just can't relate to that. <laughs> A Florida woman captured video of the chaos that ensued inside her home when her dog alerted her to a raccoon climbing her Christmas tree. Uh, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to pronounce her name. Aubrey Iacobelli. Good name. Yeah. Uh, said she woke to the sound of her dog growling at about uh, 4.15 a.m. And a brief investigation uncovered the reason for the canine's disquiet. A raccoon had apparently entered the home through the doggy door and was climbing the Christmas tree. A video filmed inside Ia Cabelli's uh, home shows the dog knocking the tree over in an attempt to reach the raccoon, uh, sparking a chase through the house. Uh, the raccoon ran away from freedom. Ran away from freedom. That's that's a dumb. Uh, jumped on my chandelier where it swung for like thirty minutes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Christmas Vacation is one of my favorite movies, and I think if they'd have had a squirrel, a raccoon instead of a squirrel, it might have been a just a bigger chase. <laughs> <laughs> And during during the during the video, I'm sure you can hear this lady stop and say, "Where the hell's Eddie at? Doesn't he normally eat these things?" <laughs> that, that's that's great. That'll uh, that'll definitely ruin your Christmas tree. There there is video of this. If you if you go to upi.com/slash/oddnews, you can find video of this. Okay. Where yeah, where you can <laughs> where you can see this poor raccoon dangling from a chandelier. So, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, sort of a Western film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not one of the fancy chandeliers. That would have made it that much better. Funny. Yeah, just get cut. It kept cutting the wrong rope. I, I came home and uh, I used to, we used to put a cat feeder outside uh, our front porch for some reason. I don't know why the hell we would want to do that, but we did. <laughs> I came home one night from somewhere. I was walking up to my front door and there was literally a raccoon leaning on the cat feeder. Like it was, you know, taking food out with its hand and, you know, leaning on its elbow on the cat feeder right in front of the house. <laughs> like you put it out there for him. They just have guts. They just don't care. Hey, you oh, put yeah. it out there. I mean, they don't care. Yeah, well, there could be worse things. A Florida golfer was caught on camera retrieving his ball from a particularly dangerous hazard, the tail of an alligator. Uh, Kyle Downs said uh, he, and his, uh, he and his brother were at the Coral Oaks Golf Course in Cape Coral on Sunday when the ball landed on the gator's tail. Uh, you got to play it where it lies, <laughs> I'm thinking. Uh, Down shared videos showing his brother sneaking up on the alligator to grab the ball off its tail. Uh, the player quickly grabs the ball, and the alligator, apparently startled, darts into the water. Uh, fortunately for him, <laughs> the alligator in the video has been spotted before and is known as Charlie, the golfer. So Charlie the alligator got disturbed by this kid that uh, you got to play the ball where it lies. I bet he better have taken a penalty on that. He should have taken at least the swing. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got one, you got one shot at this one, kid. <laughs> if you hit it hard enough, he ain't going to mess with you, but you may, you might have, you might have to swing at the ball and then swing several times at the gator coming at you. He's lucky the gator just left. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's not a small gator either. This I'm looking at there. There's a picture in here. There's actually video of it too. Uh, again, upi.com/slash/oddnews. Uh, it's it's probably about a five foot gator. It's probably about five or six foot. It's it's no small potato. One too. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> That, that takes guts. I mean, I guess it's your dedication to the game, but if he was really that dedicated to the game, like I said, he would have played it where it lied. 
Well, you know, I guess if the Gator's been there a while, he's seen better playthrough anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mind if we play through? <laughs> All right. Let's 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 see what other kind of craziness we can get into. There's one on here. I'm, I, I've, I've touched on this one on a previous show, but it's so uh, strange it deserves repeating, uh, mainly because the guy's name is Wang, and I like saying that. <laughs> <clears throat> Wang Lutai is no ordinary Kung Fu master. The 65-year-old from a village in central China practices a unique and excruciating-looking strand of martial arts coined Iron Crotch Kung Fu. Uh, its most famous technique involves a steel plate-capped log uh, six and a half feet in length and weighing about 88 pounds that swings through the air and smashes into a man's crotch. When you... <laughs> oh. When you practice Iron Crotch Kung Fu, as long as you push yourself, you will feel great, said Wang, head of the Juntun Martial Arts Academy. Uh, Wang, who has been practicing the technique for around half a century and has two children, insists that the, with the correct methods and sufficient practice, it does not hurt and has no effect on fertility. Oh, I, I disagree. <laughs> I think I'll take his word for it, honestly. I don't... I think there that there are enough people out there swinging large logs with steel caps on the end into their crotch that they don't they don't need me doing it too. <laughs> oh, no way! Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no! Thank you. No. I mean, it's a it's a very fancy apparatus that that is just just serves the purpose of that. <laughs> well, I guess it could save some men money on surgery, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> I don't, uh, nope, nope, nope. Gonna have to pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's, uh, let, here, there, there, there's a picture on this one too. I'm going to go ahead and share that with you just so, just so you can see it for yourself there. Because <laughs> sometimes you just have to see the picture. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That, that, like I said, and his name's Wang. That's that's really the takeaway from this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you <laughs> don't name don't name your kid Wang if you don't want him smacking logs into his junk. It's <laughs> low hanging fruit. I'm not going for it. No. <laughs> well, it's probably after having been battered by that log, it probably hangs a lot lower than it did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's it's terrible. <laughs> All right, America's preeminent infectious disease expert Anthony, Anthony Fauci is uh and its income and its incoming vice president Kamala Harris joined the Renaissance master himself Leonardo da Vinci uh da Vinci uh top this year's list of most mispronounced words. I think I don't even know if I got them all right. Uh as as compi compiled which in the article actually says complied, but as compiled by the U.S. captioning company, which uh, captions and subtitles real-time events on TV and in courtrooms. The list released Wednesday identifies the uh, words that proved most challenging for newsreaders and people on television to pronounce this year. So let, let, do, do we want to hear some of them? <laughs> uh, sure, let's roll the dice on this. Yeah, that, well, the, the, um, Anthony Fauci and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Kamala Harris. I'm sure a lot of people make the mistake with her first name. I have many times. Right, because it, it 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 it's come it it's Kamala, not Kamala. And then that's yeah that that one's a, that one's one that. I, but who 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 mispronounces Leonardo da Vinci? I didn't know that was. I don't know. <laughs> that was. I mean. <laughs> They think DiCaprio. I don't know. Yeah, I can, I can totally. Yeah, that's that's how they mispronounce it. It's just it's not necessarily a mispronunciation. It's just the wrong person. Pretty straightforward. That's an easy one. Nevada. 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 That's what it says on here. Nevada. I've always heard Nevada. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I, I read that somewhere as well, so that's why I knew it was Nevada. Nevada. <laughs> and you know, I'm in California, so we're right next door. So. That, there, there you go. There you go. There, there's one on here. The, the name, the spelling is B A N G T A N. Sounds like it would be Bangtan. It's actually 
It's actually Pungton. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's uh, some of it is not people's faults. They, they just. <laughs> okay, we need to go back to Wang for a consult on that one. Right, right. Can we check with? <laughs> I'm going to write down check with Wang. <laughs> that might also be a, a, a contender for the episode title. Check with Wang. Check with Wang. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that's at the razor's edge right there. Right. <laughs> well, you don't want Wang at the razor's edge. That's never a good thing. But <laughs> see, with with Wang, it's not like it's the H U A N G Wang. It's it's actually W A N G. There there's no there's no mispronouncing that one. It's it's Wang. No confusion with Wang. <laughs> uh, I think that's better than check with Wang. I'm going to put down no confusion with Wang. <laughs> so what, we'll have a couple of different episode title possibilities here. <laughs> All right. What is the? Oh, okay. Camel spotting. Uh, a camel was spotted at Bath and Body Works in Nevada recently uh -huh. with, <laughs> recently with its owner uh, video footage shows the bizarre scene took place in Henderson about 15 miles northeast of Las Vegas uh, June Hilliard a passerby who was shopping next to Bath and Body Works captured the strange sight on video the owner can be seen leaning, leading the animal by a leash into the store the camel casually strolls in as if staff and fellow shoppers appear to clear a path. Uh, others on the street can be seen with their phones out capturing the unusual spectacle on video. It's not every day you see somebody taking a camel into Bath and Body Works. I suppose not. I'm, I'm guessing this had to have been like an emotional support camel. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> an emotional support camel, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, so there. <laughs> I was going to say they could take the take it into uh, Victoria's Secret, but there's already enough camel toe. Oh God! I apologize for that. When I it's <laughs> shot. What's that? I need the rim shot. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That one. That one was bad. That one was totally, totally uncalled for. And I, I think that I think that's going to end the news segment for the show tonight. <laughs> if it was one hump or two, no, never mind. Well, it, it's it's only a one hump camel, isn't that a drama deer, right? Hey, out there in 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 Vegas or Nevada, Nevada. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure camels aren't that rare in Nevada. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's this right that they've wandered in from the sands. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> what's that the sands hotel <laughs> yes yes that's what <laughs> well i'm going to give you a couple minutes right now if you want to if you have any social media you want to throw out there any way you want to promote yourself further and anything that's going on uh take it away you you wow. have the stage let's check out the the platform and uh to the lake and uh you know let's see what else we got here well you know i am uh jdk on Facebook uh, for JD, the number four J D K A Y E, and I am V O by J D V O B Y J D on Twitter, and of course I'm just J D K on YouTube, and uh, you know I'm all over the place, and also J D K on Instagram. So if you want to, you know, see what goofy stuff I'm doing, uh, come on around. And hey, happy Hanukkah! It's Hanukkah. Absolutely. Got Hanukkah. 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 Just. <laughs> So, uh, you know, have a great holiday season. That's, uh, Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Well, thanks for being on the show. It, it was great uh, getting to talk theater with somebody. I, I always enjoy talking theater. <laughs> I love theater. Someday I'll get back into it. Yeah, me, me too. Hopefully that when they reopen, I'll, I'll, I'll again take a break from comedy and I'll, I'll get into some theater. Yeah. yeah I you promise. <laughs> flying out there to go see the new version of The Music Man. There you go. Yeah, with Hugh Jackman. I'll be out there. I really will. I know I will. All right. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. It was great talking to you. And thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show. Like I keep telling you guys, if you're going to keep listening to me, I'm just going to have to keep making these, I suppose. All right. Have a great night.
Thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show podcast. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, if you want to listen live, we are on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM. You can also stream the show live at WWSU1069.org, and we go Facebook Live at the Life Radio Show's Facebook page. If you have suggestions or comments, feel free to email thelife1069 at gmail.com. Overwhelms me. A brutal presence. Make sure I don't say anything I shouldn't.